0: If you don't use it you lose it if you don't use it you lose it oh man how you doing Woo! let me tell you it's Labor Day I got you know a few plans today little things we're gonna be doing around the the farm here and uh, well if you if you don't use it you lose it man I mean uh, what that's quote stems from today is the fact that my wife is is in homesteading boot camp right now. Uh, She's at, uh, there's a totally awesome family that we are wonderful friends with and we we haven't gotten to really contact each other or see each other in, oh geez, probably six, seven years, something like that. Way too long. But anyway, uh, in that six or seven years. They have become tremendous, tremendous homesteaders. And they do all those awesome things. They got chickens, they got cows and horses and sheep and pigs, and I'm not quite sure if they have goats or not, but well, you get the idea. And they have a garden, all those things in the mountain country. And my wife is soaking it in like a sponge right now taking notes, writing it down, doing things, learning. She's going to come back with a lot of ideas and a lot of ways that we ourselves can be a little bit more sustainable as a family. Welcome to the Poultry Homestead Podcast. I'm glad you're here. You know, there's definitely a... uh, a thing with this, you, uh, you you don't use it, you lose it type deal. I mean, it's kind of like your pecker. If you don't use that, you lose it, pretty much. If you, uh, you know, I grew up on a dairy farm, and she's really drinking in the idea of, of getting a, a dairy cow. And I myself, you know, I, I grew up a dairyman, and and it just plain left me. I mean, it's been well over 20 years since I've even milked cows. And, you know, the terms and everything are coming back to me. I grew up, how many years doing it? I mean, at least 10, you know, being a little boy, uh, growing up, going through puberty, and uh, milking cows and working on the farm and putting up hay and and, and expanding dairy. Very ambitious, very, very uh, go, go, go with my uh, wonderful mentor, my, my stepdad, who is, uh, who is now uh, up in heaven. Um, and, but he was the best mentor and just a wonderful guy. Um, and he and his kids had uh, had done a lot of dairy work. So, But like I said, a lot of that's left me. So I mean, it's kind of up to my wife to go. Go get trained in on it. I was not a tremendous dairyman, you know, I went here just out of high school. You think you know everything and you think you want to be this or do that. And I left the situation and uh, here I am drinking coffee, making podcasts about chickens, you know. It's great. I love it. But I'm sensing a dairy cow in our future, but that's not what this podcast is about this podcast is about the efficiency of quail growth ladies and gentlemen and um i just want you to know that if you're going to get into the quail thing you can get let it get away from you in a good hurry because they do grow so fast and you will get a lot of eggs and you can butcher them out at six weeks i mean it is amazing how fast it goes um we, put, we pumped the brakes when we did our first hatch, and I did my first butchering. I did my first butchering back in May before uh, my wife and I went out to the Outer Banks of North Carolina on vacation for our anniversary. And, you know, those quail were great. You know, when we got back from vacation, you know, I froze them. And got back from vacation, we thawed them out, and we uh, grilled them, we crock-potted them, and we did a few other things. I mean, grilled quail to me is, Uh, After doing that, it's probably one of the most uh, lovely, lovely dishes that I've ever had. Um, But uh, here in the now, I'm sitting on our regular laying group, which is about six months old. That's Rocky and the girls. And there's, there's this one rooster and seven hens. I got the 20 that we hatched out four and a half weeks ago okay now they're almost as big as rocky and the girls in four and a half weeks i mean they're an another ounce or or two and they'll be just as big as rocky and the girls these are all different colored quail though and they're not all jumbos okay being very clear on that because we got eggs from the neighbor and he just kind of has a hodgepodge of shit which is good because we get to integrate a little bit of color into our our quail flock now so that's a lovely thing but um, so now here in about two weeks I'm gonna be butchering males well at least the males that I can recognize in there and with the color variations I'm not gonna be able to tell you whether it's a male or a female you know so I may have to do a little YouTube in there but I mean that's only a few weeks and then I've got some week and a half olds in the brooder that are almost fully feathered and when they're born they're about the size of, you know i'm I'm, i kind of got skinny fingers but i mean they're about the size of the, the my thumb from the knuckle to the end of it i'm a 140 pound guy and i don't know i don't have huge hands but i got long fingers um so keep in mind i mean mid-July, it's it's Labor Day right now, mid-July I put those eggs in the incubator for, for the five week olds. And a couple days after they were hatched, I put the eggs in the incubator for these other ones, these week and a half olds. So we're sitting on this just shit stack of quail, and you could really let that get away from you if you let it. But as soon as those were hatched out, I got a 50% hatch out of a dry hatch on my last one. I I put the incubator away because I'm not looking. As soon as I want to expand greatly in it, I will. But my quail pen will not hold more than 60 quail. I don't even have close to that. I mean, I'm looking at, what is it, 27 plus 11. That's 38 quail I'm sitting on right now and a bunch of them are gonna get butchered. You know, I, I keep mainly hens for laying. So now we're looking at this in kind of perspective. I'm gonna be almost quadrupling, if I have 50% females, roughly, I'm gonna be almost quadrupling my, my uh, egg production. Uh, tripling, I guess. But if I triple my egg production, that means instead of every three weeks pickling the quail eggs that I pickle, I will probably be doing it every two weeks, but twice, almost twice as much. Does that make sense? So we, we store our uh, quail eggs in an ice cream pail in the refrigerator in the basement. And it's been working out great. I mean, it's been working out really good for us. And we eat pickled quail eggs like nobody's business, but soon we're going to be selling those. And then once we start selling those, then that pays for our quail feed and it pays for my hobby. I mean, you don't really make a lot of money on this quail thing. And there might be people that wanna buy just quail eggs, which would be fine. You know, I don't know what the hell you sell them at. They're so small. But, uh, you know, some people just wanna buy the quail eggs for certain recipes and stuff like that. You could just sell them for the same amount as you sell chicken eggs, which would be just fine. But feed value out of that is a lot different, you know, uh, ratio of feed to egg, uh, you know, compatibility or uh, sustainability there. So that's what we're looking at right now. Also, uh, our chickens, you know, I got 18 eggs yesterday, uh, 18 the day before. You know, we're, we're sitting on that about 18 to... 18 to 15 to 18 mark and you know i mean us as a family yeah we eat a lot of eggs but we don't eat that many so we're selling those we're pickling those and you know we're just trying to get everything done with the eggs that we can we also give a lot of eggs as gifts to friends you know they're very dear to us so uh you know you're getting the production that you want out of your feed that you're buying but you're basically everything we sell just pays for fees you know Um, I'm going to work anyway so if people at work buy them it's not like I'm traveling to sell eggs you know so there's a big difference there and a lot of of stuff to look forward to but um, you know we're expanding and we're going to be expanding in the spring and now here on Thursday we get 50 meat birds and when we get those 50 meat birds That's just fine. We're gonna be all about it. It's gonna be a-okay. We're going to raise those. I got a couple brooders ready. I I think I'm gonna put them in a large stock tank, tin stock tank brooder to start with. And then eventually, if they get too big, I do have another stock tank. We can put 25 in one and 25 in the other. So I'm kinda looking forward to that. Um, and, And we definitely have it big enough for them you know, and make sure they have the real estate that they need, you know. So, there's a lot to look forward to, and I definitely plan on keeping a few of those as being layers and then just hatching my own out next year. I mean, if a guy, you know, I don't know, if I found a few cheap incubators on the Internet, um, you know, like Craigslist or something like that, you know, I mean, spend a hell of a lot less than you would... Shipping chicks across the country, and if you're getting 50% hatches, you know, I mean, you could just keep hatching. (laughs) You know, I mean, uh, that means you would be butchering every three weeks, okay? Which would be perfect. Uh, But butchering, you know, I mean, we're going to be doing it late, late, late in the fall, and I plan on that being a wonderful thing, you know, I mean, just, just that butchering late in the fall. I feel a hell of a lot better about than butchering in the middle of July, you know? Because a lot of people get their chicks in the spring and then that's when they end up butchering, is right in the middle of July or August. My heavens, I would hate that, (laughs) you know? Um, So you gotta really watch on your timing and I I just don't want it to be hotter than hell out when I'm butchering, but you know, I'm also gonna be tipping on the scales of, is it gonna be above freezing or not? And what kind, how do I facilitate that? You know what I mean? Do I need to come up with some heat? You know? So that's one thing that I'm going to be, be battling, but I really don't care. I just don't want to. I just don't want it to be hot out when I'm butchering. I don't know why I am against that, but I am. Anyway, our quail production is certainly up there. We're, we're, we're certainly looking good. I am I am done hatching till spring. You know what I mean? Clean into February, I could start hatching, and that would be fine. But uh, as for right now, as for the way we set and all that, I'm just gonna kind of see where it goes from here. And it's a learning experience, learning that perfect level to which your, your birds are at. Learning where you want to be with your flock. See, the quail thing I don't think is gonna be a bread and butter deal. It's, it's good, it's my hobby, I like it, um, the eggs are amazing, but it's something that I need to find a threshold as to where I want to be and keep it right there. you know. Anyway, I'm really glad you listened. Uh, if you want to connect, ziggy-519 at yahoo.com, I would be glad to hear from you. By the way, yesterday on Instagram, I did a farm tour uh, please check my profile. Look at that. Go along for the farm tour. It was uh, very nonchalant. I uh, I had a beer in my hand while I was doing it, just kind of showing people around, showing the quail pen, the quail operation, showing the horse pens, horse operation, uh, chicken operation, all those things. Um, also the pool and the garden. You know, just just showing a few of the things that we do and. Like I said on the video, um, I'm not this rich dude or nothing that's just out here homesteading. Um, Basically what we do is we just look at where we spend our money. We spend as wise as we can and we do what we can with the least amount of resources possible. You know what I mean? We make a lot of our own things out here and we do a lot of our own designs and we don't follow the ebb and flow of everybody else you know and that's what i encourage you to do you know make your farm yours you know um efficiency that's all up to you because some people don't want efficiency they want joy you know what i mean so that's when you see our farm and how it's set up you'll notice that Wow, it might not be the most efficient farm, but those people, we absolutely love our farm the way it is, you know, and we're always improving upon things, you know, so something might be changed next time I give a farm tour, but I encourage you to go on Instagram and I encourage you to go look at the farm tour uh, on Instagram, it is at Poultry Homestead Podcast, so anyway, better get going, got shit to do today, I uh, appreciate listening, love you all, God bless you, anyway. Have a good one.